Welcome to the Meltdowns in Moscato podcast. This podcast is just the opinion of the experienced and sleep-deprived. They are not doctors or really certified in anything at all. If you experience frustration, fatigue, or lack of enlightenment, please turn off the podcast and go on with your day. Thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome to Meltdowns and Moscato. I'm Jackie. And I'm Joey. Grab your glass of wine and get ready because you're definitely going to need it for this episode. No water on this one, guys. Corona Chronicles Part 2. Dun, dun, dun. The politics. So basically, we already talked about our feelings when we first discovered that the virus was a thing, how we reacted, how our kids reacted. So we don't really need to go into any of that, but what we want to focus on tonight is something that I absolutely abhor. I cannot stand politics at all. Mostly because nobody agrees with my ideals in politics and that's part of it. The other part is I really feel like nobody really cares about politics and this is gonna be, I'm gonna get so much hate mail over this but I'm okay with that. Most parties, I feel, do not listen to other people's opinions. All they care about is what they feel what they think and why everyone else is wrong. No matter what party you are a part of, I feel like that's just what you do in politics. And you don't really take time to listen to other people's feelings and emotions and what they where they stand on things, right? 95% of people will only listen to what agrees with their own opinion. So why even discuss politics in the beginning if you don't care what anyone else thinks? You might as well just hang around like-minded people at that point. That's why a lot of people do. Yeah, I'm not in that category. I'm definitely my own weird fraction, if you will, of politics. I don't really believe in anything of that sort. I just really want everybody to get along and it's never going to happen. And I want to live on my own little compound somewhere where nobody bothers me and tells me what to do. I like that everybody, (laughs) everybody get along. Just don't bug me. Just go about your business. You can get along and just leave me alone. That would be perfectly acceptable in my my little community, my commune, if you will. That being said, we are going to do something that I have a strict rule against and that is discuss politics tonight. This will probably never, ever happen again. So buckle up. There is no way this will ever, ever happen Get ready because I'm discussing politics, y'all. And the reason why we're going to discuss politics is because it is actually something very important that most people tend to tune out or tune off, especially when it comes to policies. The reason why we're going to be discussing policies tonight is because it really greatly does affect your children. And if you have kids, kids with special needs, whatever that may look like, politics actually do really affect your life more than you think because, okay, this is going to be totally rude, but one old white man up in an office in DC somewhere can decide whether your child lives or dies. Yeah. And most people, they don't even know that this is happening. They don't because nobody talks about it. And unless it's brought up in the news or let's be honest on social media, you aren't going to know the drastic measures that are be taking against your child. And so the reason why we're bringing it up is because for me, I tend to tune off to most of the world pretty much 90% of the time. I don't really focus and that doesn't say a lot about me, but I tend to just focus on our own little bubble because our bubble is chaotic. And if I take on the world's problems, I would just not function. 
So, we don't have time to deal with the problems out of our bubble. I hate the way that <laughs> sounds, but it's very true. So we don't tend, and I say we, Joey tends to be a little more political than I am. And by that, I just mean he's okay with being around it and talking about it. I'm just not. <laughs> I can take the conversations that people have without wanting to stab my And you fit out. in both circles. It's funny to me because mm-hmm. when we discuss politics, everybody knows where I stand, which is outside of everything. Ask any person where Joey stands on politics and they will say whatever they are. It's if so true. If they're Democratic, they will say you're Democratic. If they're Republican, they'll say, I can't even say that word. Republican. Sorry, there's a few words I can't pronounce. That's one of them. That's a good quality you have because you do relate with pretty much all people. Mm-hmm. And I don't really relate to any people. <laughs> and so that's why it, it, he can discuss politics and it, it's fine. And he tends to be the one that kind of informs me in what's going on around the world. Yeah. Because I get anxiety very easily when stuff is brought up. So I stay away from it. The problem with that and the reason why we're bringing this up in our Corona Chronicles Part 2 is because when something like this happens in the world, and it is worldwide, it's nothing that you can hide your head in the sand anymore because it's affecting you. And when it affects you, it affects your children. Policies are being made. Things are happening that have never happened before. So when you have something unprecedented, you have basically a bunch of frantic adults running around trying to put a Band-Aid on something that needs a tourniquet. Like you're just literally freaking out trying to figure out things. And when that happens, mistakes happen, horrible policies happen, big demographic groups of people are getting neglected and left out. Mm -hmm. And it's not just people with special needs, I will say that. I'm not saying that they're doing a horrible job. They're doing the best that they can. I cannot imagine, I know you probably think different, you're giving me the side eye. I think they're doing the best they want to for the people, I mean, let's be real, that are paying for them to be in office. Well, I feel like that's a whole other discussion right there but my my theory is nobody wants the end of the world to happen and when you're in the middle of what feels like the end of the world panic ensues and you just do what you have to do Mm -hmm. the people who are suffering from it are not those people that are doing these end of the world type decisions they're not they're making these decisions that aren't affecting them they're affecting other people and the main subject that we're talking about now is our special needs children how is the corona virus affecting your children besides just the every day-to-day life living type thing yeah just the negative impact on your daily life there is a complete other impact that corona has the potential to have on your kids that most people have no clue about. And they're not talking about, which is why I do want to bring it up. This is probably going to start a lot of hate. We we are just talking about what is now happening in politics, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. The way it comes down and what it boils down to, they're doing their best, but their best isn't good enough. And why is our best not good enough? Because people are making laws and rules and governing over areas they have no clue about. And that's not just Corona. That's not just special needs we're talking about. Now, this is a problem that has been an issue all the way through. People make decisions on things they don't know about. When you do that, it literally causes havoc amongst those groups. And to me, I mean, for a writer, I guess I can equate to writing, it's what I know. It's like when somebody writes about a disability that they don't have Mm -hmm. and they assume that certain people feel certain ways about it. Yes. And I read a book. That's why I wrote Silent Song when I did is, sorry, side note, horrible instant plug. But 
I wrote a song about a deaf guy because I had read a book, and I'm not saying any names. It was by a pretty famous author who wrote a story about a deaf character. So many things about it were not accurate. I won't say wrong. They just weren't accurate to the deaf community. He was able to do things that a deaf person who was born deaf would not have been able to do. And so as a deaf person, it just, it really bothered me because they were writing a story about something and not even realizing it, but like offending an entire community. And I feel like it's almost the same thing when somebody creates a law that they know nothing about and they're saying, well, this will fix this, this will fix this. And they're really screwing over an entire community without even realizing that's what they're doing. And that's, I know that's how you're looking at it. And I love you for that. I think they know more about what they're doing and they're playing it off with an air of incompetence when it really comes down to the fact that they wholeheartedly do not care. Yeah, and who's that's, a pessimist that's what, now? Did I know, this, I know. I'm the one that's considered a pessimist this whole way through and now I'm the one being optimistic. But I do tend to try to think better of people than they actually are usually. That's one of the things I do love about myself that I probably wish, I don't even want to change that. I do hope that that's not the intent there. And if it is, that's probably why I'm not in politics because I could not hack it. But why we are talking about this, I know we're totally tangenting off here, which is the theme of our podcast. Why is this affecting us now? What makes it different now during Corona versus say seven months ago? Why why does this pertain to our lives, Joe? Why don't we, we kick off here with that? So the initial thing that I read was having to do with ventilators and people mm-hmm. who needed ventilators because we didn't have enough. And, and I'm just going to do a quick side note here. We did look for this law and I'm horrible at finding research and stuff on laws. We couldn't find it. So this could very well be wrong. So many parents and so many members of the special needs community was so up in arms over this. I tend to think it's true, but just hang with us. And we're just going to say for the time being that this is an actual true statement. Go ahead. So because there are not air quotes again, enough ventilators for the people that need them, they were dictating who gets a ventilator based on their cognitive ability. Well, in what I read in the article, it says based on quality of life. On quality of life. And that's why it bothered me is because you could have a healthy 30-year-old male who's a serial killer and nobody knows. And you could have my son who is not considered as healthy with a low cognitive ability 10-year-old who might not in their mind add up to anything. I'm going to start crying. Sorry, I'm getting a little choked up because... Who's to say whose quality is a better quality of life? You have a man who could be killing millions of women, Mm -hmm. not millions, but you know, hang with me here. And he would get a ventilator over my precious little 10-year-old just because his quality isn't going to be better. Who's to say whose quality of life is better or not? Exactly. How is that something you can... How can you you measure something based on cognitive ability? There's no way that you can judge. That's not... And all it would have taken is just a tweak, just a few tweaks of phrase. And I think what they were meaning to go by was if you have a 98-year-old man on his last leg and you have a 30-year-old mother of five, both needing ventilators it's going to go to somebody who is going to have a a more a longer life yeah but that's not how it was said and so the special needs community was up in arms over this and it was something that we wanted to take a minute and address because it, it is very upsetting as a special needs parent to think that your child might end up in a situation where they are denied health care because of their either cognitive ability, health. Why, just because my son struggles with breathing, why is that not then somebody who's prioritized? That's in my head. My yeah. daughter has a very, very rare disorder. 
disorder of asthma that's silent asthma, she does not wheeze. So when she is having a full blown attack, you don't know it. There's zero clue except for she will start throwing up eventually, turn blue and pass out. And that's how we know she has not been getting air. We take her and you take a 39 year old man who has no breathing issues. They both have COVID. They both end up in the ER. Who's going to get the ventilator? Him, because he has a better quality of life. It should go to the most urgent person who needs it. And so do I understand why they built it? Like I said, the whole 98 year old man theory, that's Mm -hmm. probably why. If that's the reason they wrote it that way, I get it. If they wrote it the way they did so that they could prioritize people just based on how they thought their life might turn out. That's jacked up. Let's be honest. If that's the vein in which we're taking, it's this is the end of the world. Who's going to help us get through the next? I mean, really, that's, that's probably how it was decided. But either way, that's what's upsetting as a special needs parent or a person with special needs themselves. This time is scary. And, and we're going to give voice to a few of those fears. And this isn't to put you guys in a negative headspace. This isn't to freak you out. Let's just keep in mind, we're doing this because we just want to give a voice to things that aren't being voiced. And that is one of them. And now I had a whole different fear with COVID in the hospital. So I don't like hospitals anyways. I've had bad experiences in hospitals and it takes a lot to make me go to a hospital. Yeah. I will just say I did have COVID. I think I brought this up in the last, did I, I think I brought it up I in the last one. I'm not going to go into the details of it, but there was a point when we thought I would have to go into the hospital and get on a it ventilator. Was, it was really close. And I refused because I am a special needs person. Yes, I'm speaking on a podcast, so it sounds kind of weird, but when you go into a situation where you're surrounded by masks as a person who reads lips. It is probably the scariest thing I've ever been through. And I've been through some pretty scary crap. On a daily now, I am faced with my biggest fear as hundreds and thousands and millions, I'm sure, of other hard of hearing people are right now. Mm-hmm. Because it you don't think about it but you go out into a situation, you can't even tell their expression anymore because it's cutting off half of their face. So even people that are stone deaf that can't read lips, you at least can get a gist of a situation by looking at somebody's face If they look angry or happy or something, yeah. Yeah, and right now we can't do that. So we stay at home and it's a scary time for us right now. And going into a hospital where they're not gonna take the time to get out a paper and a pen, and write to you what is going on because they're in an emergent situation and you have no clue what's happening to your body. You have no clue what's happening around you. You have no clue what's going on. They don't let your loved ones in. They're not letting interpreters in because it's horribly bad for their health. So you're having these people in these situations and it is not a good situation. So that alone freaked me out. When I had COVID, that was my biggest fear Mm -hmm. is what's going to happen if I end up in the hospital. Basically, that was it. I mean, my biggest fear for me going out and about around town is that someone's voice will be muffled because they have a mask on and I can't hear it. And that is so asinine compared to you because I know for a fact you have no idea what's going on when you go into stores. So... It's hard. And, it's and that's, yeah, like the hospital thing, that's that's one of the things that scared me for me. Now we're going to get on to what scared us for our children. Oh, yeah. Now and, we're both going to cry. And yeah, this is an emotional episode because I can't even think of my children right now being in the hospital. We talk about schools are opening now. Like there's not a situation 
that is going to be a good situation right now for anybody. Let's mm-hmm. be honest. Nobody's in the situation where they're like, yay, I can't wait for my kids to go back to school and maybe get COVID. Even those parents that want their kids to go back to school, I feel is still an underlying terrified feeling of what are they going to bring home? Yeah, or, there's, there's a lot of people out there that are the deniers, if you will. I feel like anyone that has special needs child has a little bit of fear. They would have that underlying fear in them all of the time. Yeah. And so even wanting them to go back to school is still that fear of they could get this. And then... If they get this, then this is going What happens? So for those of you who maybe don't know this, I, I feel like everybody probably does, but just in case you don't, if your child contracts COVID, you are not allowed anywhere near them. They instantly quarantine them. You are not allowed in the ambulance. You are not allowed in the hospital room. You are not allowed if they get put on a ventilator and die. You are not allowed in that room with your child. It's for 14 days. Is that still? 14. Well, or? that's what it was. I don't know if it's changed. I, I'm pretty sure it's still It was two days. weeks. I just instantly, automatically, which I'm sure a lot of parents do, put myself and my child in that situation. If Jude were to be put in the hospital right now, he would have no clue what was happening. He would not understand why his mother was not there. He would not understand that he was sick. He would think he was doing something wrong. He would think that he was getting punished. As a mother, I would give a F if I got COVID. I would not care. I would say, send me with my kid at that point. I wouldn't care. But the government has the right to say, no, you cannot be in there with your child. Now, I understand that it's the keeping the spread down and all of that. But if they're quarantined for 14 days and you're choosing to sign away your rights for those 14 days, Gladly you're, you're not going to walk out me. contagious after that if you're quarantined. So why the heck not let a parent be with their child? It's wrong. It's straight up wrong. I don't care what policies you're, you're behind. I don't care who you're backing. It's wrong. My friends in the medical field might not agree with this. I understand that they're trying to keep down exposure and all of that, but it's your child who does not understand. I have family members who have had to have surgery, was cognitively delayed and didn't understand what was happening and their family could not be there. It's horrible. It's just, there's no excuse for that. And so that's one of the things that when we talked about policies earlier and talked about we're getting into politics, this is what we're talking about is the people making these rules and these policies, I guarantee you do not have to think about every day what would happen if their child ended up there or what would happen if they ended up there and they couldn't understand because they don't have the same experiences. Mm -hmm. My biggest plea to everybody is if you do like politics and you do have an empathy and an understanding for special needs or you have an experience with special needs yourself, Think about getting into politics. Think about going to your senators. Think about going to the Capitol. Think about writing letters. Think about calling in to your congressmen because we need this. We need people who have a passion for it and an understanding for it, but it just doesn't happen. And I'll tell you why, because the people that do are like people like us who Mm -hmm. have special needs children or special needs themselves and they don't have time. We don't have any time to do anything, let alone be lobbying for things. Like we just, we don't have time for that. And so the people that do have time for it tend to not have those pressures of having special needs people in their lives. So if you have someone or you know, or maybe you're somebody who, I don't know, like I was talking to, so one of our caretakers, she's going to school to be a um, child psychologist in an autism program. They're basically like BCBAs and so, What that is, is they focus on behavior and the psychology behind it. 
It's an amazing job, so much mad respect for every BCBA I've ever met. But we were talking about this and I was explaining to her when this first happened, like why we were so scared. Even she was like, this is wrong. Why isn't anyone you know, addressing it? And I'm like, because all the people that could address it don't have the time. They are literally stuck with these lives that just do not stop. Then you have people like her who have hearts for special needs people and they're the ones teaching them. They're the ones helping them. Yep. They're the ones giving them therapy and they, they don't have time to go and lobby. And, and especially right now with yeah. all of those kids being home. I know. It's the parents that are dealing with special needs have even less time. The people who have hearts for special needs also don't have as much time because they're dealing with their own lives. But I'm hoping there are people out there who do have those hearts that want to involve themselves. And I'm not saying it's not out there. I'm sure it is. Just on the scale in which we need it, it's not at this moment. Why we wanted to bring it up is because it is a very big thing and it's something that is close to my heart and I wish I was better at politics because mm -hmm. I am that crazy lady that will go up there and you know, yell at whoever needs to be all that. I, I just want to be able to be in a room with my son if he is stuck in a hospital for 14 days. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we can't do that, that's what bothers me. I don't feel like that should be a law that you can't be with your child. You could have to sign a waiver or something, yeah. but you can't. They will not let it. And I understand the body count. And I mean, I get it, you guys. Like all my, I know I have so many health professional friends that are going to be like yelling at me after this. And I could be very wrong and off my mark. It's it's just it's as a parent we're just talking about the scary side of parenting of it is as a parent that is one of our biggest fears right now with corona going on and then we have schools opening up and that's another thing that we need to talk about because like i said you're screwed if you do and you're screwed if you don't because if you send your kid you're maybe infecting them and yourself if you don't our kids right now are so so far behind on their services and I know I have friends all over that are like, my kids are regressing and online school sucks and the teacher, we can't get a hold of them and the Zoom sessions aren't working and everyone is having issues with school. Yeah. But you add in kids that are not getting speech therapy. They're not getting occupational therapy. They're not getting ABA services. I've had people tell me, well, why not? You can do it over Zoom. No, you <laughs> really can't. Like not with our kids anyway. They don't understand the computer. It scares them. They want to be able to jump in it and see the, their teacher or their mm -hmm. therapist. They're mad that they can't give them a hug. They're mad that they can't turn off the screen and play a game or whatever. They yeah, just... it's it's not good for our kids. I know a lot of other states, and this is also state by state, and mm -hmm. I feel like it should be more countrywide and it's not. I have a lot of different friends that have kids that are special needs in other states. California, I feel like it's been the worst with this. And that is, they, they're opening up. Other states are opening up and have been the whole time for kids that have special needs. They would open up schools just for the kids with special needs in a few places. And they had them doing therapy and stuff because yeah. it was so important. Well, and because they were in just those classrooms, social distancing. Yeah. they're already social distanced That's just what by makes the amount no of people sense. in them. Our kids have literally three kids in their classes. My daughter has three students total in her class. My son, I think, has five. Mm -hmm. They're already socially distanced. They're already taking precautions. And so I understand it, but at the same time, they're losing so much. They could go to one-on-one -on -one at that point if the school is shut down. They could have the teacher or the therapist meet with one child. They take, everyone takes their temp before and they just meet with one child each day. Yep. That's better than what they're getting now. Our kids are so, so far regressed. And not about talking about educationally, that is a whole new subject. 
I'm just talking about their behaviors are getting worse. Their speech is getting worse. Yeah, I was going to say language is... Language down. has been awful in our house. And that's when we need it the most is because they're with us the most. We need to know what they're wanting and what mm-hmm. they're needing. And I don't envy anybody. I don't envy the governor at all. I know I'm really ragging on him right now. I'm, he's kind of on my top of my... Your naughty list? Yeah. Bad, okay. bad guy list? My, anyway, we'll scrap that. But so the governor right now is not my number one person. Definitely I'm, I'm not really not happy with him in the top eight just because of things that are going down in california and having a special needs child it's not the best place to live right now i don't envy his position at all i can't imagine having to make decisions like this that affect that many people i can't even imagine it like i can't imagine even i doubt he does sleep right now to be honest so i'm not just ragging on the people right now that are in charge it's just i'm i really don't even know what to do and i do what everybody else does when they feel helpless and they just yell at the people who should be doing what they want done so that's kind of where i'm at right now but we want to know how you feel we want to know your fears right now we want to know what is happening in your life how you feel about the government right now what is one thing that you would like to see done in our government currently whether that be state or federal Federal. what is something that you would like to see happen right now for your child so whether that be you want to see schools open up you want to see schools close down you want to see something change in the medical field i want to know what would make you be able to help sleep at night mine is i want to be able to go with my child no matter where they need to go right now that's all i want to see happen so hit us up We'll post a post on our Facebook and our Instagram. And please go to MeltdownsMoscato.com. Let us know what you would like to see changed right now. And we will pick a winner at the end of next week. Yep. So thank you so much for hanging out with us. I know this was kind of like a, a lower, a sadder, downer yeah, type thing. But next you week know will what? be more fun. Yeah, we need to talk about things that are happening. And this is happening. So next week we're going to have fun. We're going to do, I don't know, something silly. And we will definitely have more giveaways to come. So thank you so much for hanging out with us. Please give us a like and subscribe on our page. And have a wonderful rest of the week. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Meltdowns and Moscato. Visit MeltdownsandMoscato.com to ask and answer questions to enter giveaway drawings. Also, don't forget to subscribe and review the show. For more information about Jackie Wheeler, please go to www.jackiewheeler.com. Or you can find her on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Mild stalking only, please.